Hi, welcome to Back to Excited, episode 179. My name is Arun. Joining me as always, my colleague from PensionPlanPuppets.com. It's Acting the Fooliman. Hi, everybody. Whew, how are you doing, <laughs> Mr. Fooliman? When we tried to prepare this podcast like one second ago, um, because obviously we didn't pre-plan this. This is an immediate post-game pod. Um, I actually struggled to form complete sentences, and I am, for the record, dead sober. I just am so adrenalized from that game i am finding it hard to think straight that was the most intense period of hockey i've seen in a long time maybe since i was a kid like i honestly can't think of one to compare with it it was playoff hockey yeah. right and, and obviously the, the first four games have been playoff hockey but it's been the teams trading blowouts and it's, so it's been kind of differing levels of excitement and then just kind of anguish with the anguish pretty much, I mean, not, not undeservedly, completely overshadowing the excitement because, one, that's just how sports work, right? And like risk aversion and loss aversion in human beings. Mm-hmm. And two, the Leafs, right? Like we know not to get high on our own supply at this point. Mm-hmm. This, was, this was the first game that could be like a, that's a classic NHL playoff game. Like if you're showing someone... And I would say this even if the Leafs lost. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be happy about it, but it'd be true even if the Leafs lost. If you were showing someone why they should care about the NHL, it's a game like this. Yeah, I mean, this was incredible. Just from a narrative perspective, I'm not going to lie. I was sort of starting to think in eulogy terms for the Leafs. In the we we both were. We both yeah. were, right? So, I mean, the Leafs get out to an awful start. Tampa Bay jumps them again, gets two mm-hmm. quick goals. Um, and again, like the Leafs bad start is not always going to end up in a 2 nothing or 3 nothing deficit, but Tampa's really opportunistic, and they have guys like Steven Stamkos who can take a meh chance and turn it into a great chance. Yeah. And the Leafs' offense d- did nothing in the first period to the point that, like, I tweeted and, you know, discussed with a bunch of people about, like, why does the Leafs' offense just seem to die in the playoffs? Um, and there are some stats on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, uh, I-, I looked it up, and so did um, Rehef. Isa, uh, who I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast basically follows anyways on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Leafs offense does have real problems in the playoffs, and it seems like that was coming home to roost yet again. Right. That's what I was thinking. You know, to set this up properly and to remember how we were feeling, we were looking at that period and we're saying Tampa Bay came out ready to play in Game 5 in the Leafs' home rink. And I was thinking... If this team can't get it together in this situation in a absolutely critical game, um, when's it going to happen? I was really starting to think maybe there's something, you know, there that that isn't fixed. And I'm not saying one game answers yeah, they, the they, question, they, but yeah. No, I mean I think we were discussing in our Slack. It's like maybe the Leafs just aren't good enough at, at, as a playoff offense, like straight yeah. up. Like maybe like we, it, it's silly to not think about that at this at this point. You know, a period in to like an awful, awful sequence that seemed to continue the trend that we've seen about their 5-on-5 five five offense in, in prior playoff series. The series against Columbus was an obvious example. Um, the series against Montreal, to a lesser extent, but still notable. Um, Rehef did some digging on this, and which, which is very thankful for, because I didn't want to do this um, during the game. Uh, but the, the Leafs see their goals for per 60 drop almost the most of any team. Uh, at 5 5 in the playoffs over the, uh, over the past six years in the Austin Matthews era. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that, that's, that's a real thing. And we can do more, like, a, a thorough analysis. We, a, a good way to analyze this, a better way to analyze it, actually, would just be to, like, 
look at what, um, how much the the leaves, uh, or sorry, look, look at how how much um, re- playoff offenses drop for each team relative to the defenses that they play. So like essentially, how much better are they than what that defense typically allows against an average set of teams, which you would measure by looking at the regular season. Um, but I don't think that would drastically change things, right? Because uh, the Leafs have faced a share of strong defensive teams and also like a you know a share of like averageish defensive teams and not phenomenal defensive teams. Anyways, all of this is to say there is a long track record of the Leafs just failing to show up offensively in the way that they we most associate with their success in the playoffs. And through 22, 23 minutes of this game, it felt like that was exactly going to happen again, and that was happening again. Yeah, like it felt like we were going to have another year where you engrave on the tombstone, Matthews and Marner didn't score when it counted. And look, the series is not won yet, but it has to be said, there was a bit of a shift. And the shift came, as it often does, with a little bit of luck involved, a puck that deflected off Mikhail Sergachev on the power play. And it's the oldest cliche in hockey, but a goal goes to your legs. The Leafs played out of their minds for the rest of the second period, even though they didn't score in that stretch. Mm -hmm. Like, you actually said, even at the time, you said, you know what, I'm actually impressed with this team because they had a terrific pushback second, even though they weren't rewarded on the scoreboard. And they did look like a team that was generating things. They were getting chances, including and especially Matthews and Marner. They did not seem like they wanted yes. to go home. You know, all that stuff we talk about where we complain that they roll over, that they get shut down. Um, they were doing everything in their power to rebut it through that stretch. And that, mm-hmm. that gave us some hope. <laughs> and as you said, the Leafs could still lose this series. For sure. Right, very, very easily. We, we've seen them lose in situations that were much more guaranteed than this. Yeah. Um, but... I think it is important to note that, you know, we've talked about this before, 31 teams will lose at the end of the day, and there will be a point where you can say they didn't show up where it mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Leafs lost this game, we would say they didn't show up when it mattered. They did show up this game, so we have to say, you know, if it mattered if it lost, it mattered that they won. So they did show up when it mattered. And mm-hmm. especially the, the top four players showed up when it matters. That, that's something. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Uh, that doesn't absolve them of any past sins. That doesn't absolve them if they throw up two stinkers in game six and game seven. But it, it's something. These, and it almost makes it more frustrating because these guys are not unredeemable as like <laughs> hockey players in, in terms of their ability to, to show up. We, we, we know that. Look, but, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll say, I think Tampa Bay is the best playoff team of anyone in the NHL excepting possibly Colorado this year. That's my belief in my heart. Is I just I think that t- I mean they haven't they haven't lost a playoff series in two years. Like it's hard it's hard to bet against them. And they're they're just a good ass team. Yeah, yeah. Like very tough defensively, good goaltending, great offensive talents. We talked about this in our preview. They don't have weaknesses. They only have things that they are maybe not as good at as certain other teams that are exceptional. But if you can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, you can beat anybody. This is kind of an acid test. And unfortunately, because the Leafs have to confront it in the first round, there are no moral victories. You don't get credit for pushing the Lightning to, at minimum now, seven games. But I think that pushback that we saw through the second and into the third was really encouraging because after a period where we started to wonder, 
have the Leafs been solved? Are they just not able to play through in these in these situations where the other team is adjusted, where the adrenaline is flowing, where the stakes are high? Uh, we saw them play a great game, and they were rewarded for it quite rightly. Like, the Leafs ultimately deserve to win this game, to my eye. Like, they wound up being the better team, despite a dreadful start. And, mm-hmm. and that's almost as encouraging as the fact that they did win, although, to be clear, the fact they did win is way more important. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, I mean, this was, as I said, just a classic playoff game. Like, it, it, this game truly could have gone either way. As you said, I, I, I agree with you, and I think the Leafs edged it on balance. And certainly when you look at it, you know, there's, you, you shouldn't exclude the first period because the first period happened and was part of the game. But, like, yeah. certainly after the first period, the Leafs completely dominated. Yeah. Um, which, which would have added to a sense of injustice if, if, if they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, or a sense of, like, a kind of futility uh, if they lost. In terms of how this happened, mm-hmm. it's bizarre. Hockey, hockey is just so weird to me because, you know, within a game, I, I imagine there are adjustments, of course, but a team is not whole, wholesale adjusting everything that they're doing and changing up, you know, their entire strategy to counter what the opponent has done. And yet there are just these huge, huge swings in runs of play where sometimes it just feels like you can't get the puck. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's like... It's weird. No matter what you do, you can't get the puck out of your zone. And it's, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes you just are dominant. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird to me, and it's never going to not be weird to me how that happens. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah. And it feels trite to boil that down to effort in a lot of ways, or just winning battles and whatnot. But, you know, at the risk of doing, saying something very cliche, it, it felt that way. It felt like the Leafs were desperate. It felt like the top four forwards in particular... We're like, if we lose this game, one of one or both of us or many of us are getting traded. Mm-hmm. And this team is not going to be as we know it. Yeah, like there was a real sense of we have waited a year for a chance to redeem ourselves after last year. And now it's slipping away from us and we got to do something about it. And I was really impressed with all of them, with um, all of the big four, you know, William Nylander, I know that sometimes he'll fail to throw a hit or he'll miss a back check. Those are real flaws. I get why people get annoyed at him for them. But when he's on, he is a very gifted one-man stop, one-stop shop for offense. Like, he just, he's so dangerous. He changed the game yeah, today. he did. You know, they don't win if they don't have William Nylander. Probably, anyway. Like, he was just outstanding. And... I, I mean, that was kind of remarkable to see. I mean, the, the story of this game is that after looking like they were kind of dead to rights, the much maligned, very well-paid top four leaps forwards went out and imposed themselves on the game in a way that we, we weren't sure that they were going to be able to do again. And they kind of dragged this game back from the brink and this series from a situation where it would have felt um, dire to one where now they're, they're in a pretty good position. Um, yeah, I, we did want to mention the defense, too. Um, you were talking about Justin Hall before mm-hmm. this. Uh, we started recording. Right, I thought Hall had a good game, and I think you know, we both thought, oh, for sure Hall is going to play in the, in, the first, in the first round in game mm-hmm. one, and he didn't. Uh, Lilligren did. And I thought Lilligren was fine, and I, I think Lilligren is fine. Mm-hmm. I, he, he, he would be fine in this role, too, but Hall and Giordano... 
have been good together. Hall was out there defending the lead, you know, as the seconds ticked away. Uh, part of that is because, you know, Keefe was expecting a 65 and Hall is a, a first unit PK defender. Mm-hmm. But that that is important, right? And and based on the regular season, Keefe does have that level of trust in him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I think that we're seeing kind of re- a reversion to what we might have expected based on that trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think that there was a bit of an oddity with the pairings because Riley and Hall have never really seemed to work. And then Jordano Liljegren seemed to work quite well with Muzzin recovering from injury, perhaps not 100%. I think the Leafs wanted to give him TJ Brody, who is the best stabilizing factor on the Leafs pairing. And I think that those things together led to Hall being squeezed out. But, you know, Hall's put himself back in there. And even though Ilya Lyabushkin, I'm not 100% sure, is going to draw in again. Um, I think Hall's place is probably uh, set. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the, the coaches don't change things after wins. That's, so <laughs> that's a valid point in a game six. And I mean, I don't think that Keefe is going to put Timothy Liljegren with Morgan Riley in an elimination game at this stage. No. So, valid point. Especially in, in Tampa Bay's barn. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a tough choice, it, but I don't think you do it. Right. The numbers for Riley to Bushkin today were good. Mm-hmm. Um, as they have the entire series, they spent a lot of time with Matthews and, and Marner, and the struggles of that, uh, you know, the much t- discussed struggles of Matthews and Marner, are are coupled with the struggles of Riley Lebushkin as a pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not that anyone was particularly good in the first period, but I, I thought Lebushkin. It, it, maybe it's just because his errors are noticeable, and I, I do like him, and we supported the the move that brought mm-hmm. him here, and I thought he was he's good, and he add, he did add some ability. Um, that the Leafs don't have really a ton of, and it gives them another good NHL body back there. Mm-hmm. But he is so poor with the puck that you know some, sometimes it feels like it's the worst of both worlds. Like the idea of Riley Lubushkin makes sense, where you have Lubushkin who who is pretty good at gaining or um, sorry holding the zone, mm-hmm. uh, holding the blue line, you know, preventing very clean zone entries at least historically. It's kind of good defensively, good um, in. Uh, puck battles and in physical situations, Riley, all the things Riley is not, um, mm-hmm. but he struggles to move the puck. And Riley, of course, is phenomenal at moving the puck and phenomenal at jumping in on offense and phenomenal at playing off strong offensive players, as we saw on his goal. Um, but sometimes it feels like we have we, we have Riley's you know zone entry defense and Nabushkin's puck breakouts <laughs> as opposed to Nabushkin's zone entry defense and Riley's breakouts. Yeah, there there can be a feeling of worst of both worlds when it's going sideways on you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that that is an issue because when the puck has gone Tampa's way in this series, breakouts have been a huge part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Hall got a lot of flack for a giveaway early on in Game Four where he tried to get it out. But as was rightly pointed out, this is by Anthony Petrielli at uh, Maple Leafs Hot Stove. I think Andre Kasia could have stood to come lower there and to give him a breakout option. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one of those things where... Kasia, yeah. by the way, mm-hmm. also had a horrible, horrible giveaway in the third. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when the Leafs were up. I, I think it was when they were up 4-3 at this point. Um, or they might have been tied at this time but he has a horrible giveaway against the in his own zone against the Kucherov line like he he kind of makes a slightly too aggressive play to to poke the puck out of the zone um and just doesn't get enough on it at all mm-hmm. and 
kind of does does sort of I, I think he almost did like a sort of flyby when he did that like he, he poked the puck and then started going in the expectation that it would get out of zone and it did not and that led to an absurd save that Campbell had to make on, on Nikita Kucherov and I think another one on Stamkos like a few seconds later um, and the Leafs go up the other way and basically you know score on the ensuing uh, set of shifts yeah I- so yeah, Kasha, I don't think, has been amazing. It's a rough situation to put him in, having mm-hmm. like essentially no time prior to um, the, the playoffs to get his feet wet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's, um, it's difficult. I think he's still clearly one of the 12 best forwards, but you would love him to show <laughs> a little bit more situational awareness there. Um, yes. I think that also does touch on the goaltending battle, which is something that we've talked about as the clearest advantage Tampa has in this series. And I've said before, you know, if Campbell keeps that goaltending matchup close or even, or, you know, in a miraculous world outperforms Vasilevsky, the Leafs chances get better and better. Um, and I think you can say tonight that he did that, you know, it's always a little bit tough to judge some of these goals. Like Stamkos has beaten him twice on absolute howitzers where you're saying, you know, could he have gotten to that? And then on the other hand, you say, uh, Steven Stamkos, he does that to people. Um, but down the stretch, Campbell, who, you know, whose mentality has sometimes been criticized, came up huge repeatedly when the Leafs really needed him to. So, I mean, if you want to believe in this team as a contender, as someone that can beat Tampa and maybe even do something else, that's encouraging for you. You know, anytime the whole team comes together in one of these seemingly do or die situations and delivers to the extent that they did, you got to feel somewhat encouraged. Um, I hope that wasn't too rambly, but I'm having trouble getting around on this one, man. It was a crazy game. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, I mean, the, the, the good thing about, the best thing about this is I can enjoy hockey for the next two days. Yeah. <laughs> I can like, watch another hockey game and not, not be confronted by the, the reminder of the Leafs failure. That's, that's by far the best part about the Leafs winning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, definitely not out of the woods yet. Obviously, everyone is very no. conscious that the Leafs can lose a game, <laughs> lose a series in which they've won three times. But, yeah. I- right. Well, and, and, you know, you have you know, the mythical Vasilevsky after a loss to contend with. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Leafs in game seven to contend with. <laughs> so, you know, it's, but here, here's the thing, like you, you more or less can't really argue for the Leafs as le- less than 75% to win the series. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I mean, you, you could say the Leafs are maybe not favored in game six cause it's um, a road game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they're, they're probably slightly favored in, uh, game seven, just because it's a home game, and that's if you view the teams as like true strength equal to each other, mm-hmm. which is is a fair enough assumption. But you know, if if you do so, the the Leafs, you know, it's just again, it's a huge advantage to only have to win one game when your opponent has to win two. That doesn't mean it's never going to feel nervous, right? Because a lot of those paths are the Leafs winning game seven. Yes. Right. Yeah. So like about a third of those paths are the Leafs winning game seven, and in a third of those paths, like we're not going to feel calm about a game seven at all. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, the reality is like, and again, we've, we've messed this up before against Boston and mm-hmm. against Montreal up three, two is a strong position. Yes. And it's up three, two. And I really hope 
that the Leafs get a psychological boost out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to be hesitant to comment on the mental aspect of the game. Not because we don't think it exists, because there's so much that we can't know from where we're sitting and still don't know. But it did really feel to me like tonight was a pretty neat sequence of the Leafs getting knocked on their heels early, kind of forcing their way back into it, developing some momentum, and then really asserting themselves against a fantastic hockey team. Um, If you want to believe in the Leafs as contenders with a capital C, this third period was the best argument that you've had in a while. And that's a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well... (laughs) I think... Yeah, I think last thing to mention, we yeah. talked about Campbell um, a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, just like really need to emphasize how big he was in this game. Yes, definitely, definitely. Like he made a couple of stage, uh, saves down the stretch where you were just thinking that was the series potentially. Like that was all of it right there. And mm-hmm. he, he had it. Um, and, you know, some nights it's just one more save than the other guy. <laughs> and that's, that's a huge achievement, and he had had that one extra save. Whew. Yeah, just about. So, yeah, I think that ba- that more or less covers what we want to, to talk about in this game. I mean, there's a lot going on, obviously. Uh, it's going to be very, very nervy in Game 6, which I believe is going to be Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that they do us all solid and just, you know, win a nice, you know, un... Uh, unexciting three nothing win a goal in each period or something like that that'd be nice yeah like if you just want to do that for us and by the way i know i picked bolts in seven i will dunk on myself i will absolutely do it (laughs) please just win the game in this in six because this game was a real murder on my sense of philosophic detachment i defy anyone to watch this game and not feel the blood pounding in your ears so uh yeah Let's hope for for Leafs and Six. Yeah. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. You can catch all of mine and Fuleman's stuff at pensionfanpuppets.com. You can follow us on Twitter at RV and AT Fuleman. We'll see you soon.